Hello and welcome to the Winging It podcast episode 21, Travelling with Lindsay Lynn. Lindsay is my friend in Vancouver who I met at work and she is off to the US soon to start a new job and a new almost life I'd say and we're going to talk about travels and that in the future as well. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Yes, thanks James for having me. I love your aircon. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just finished three days of heat wave. <laughs> yeah. When we say heat wave, it's an extra level of heat wave. Yeah, so what, have you had this in uh, Norwich? No, I've only experienced this weather once. Me and my friend travelled from Australia. We'll come to Australia this podcast, yeah. but we were in Adelaide. Um, and we're driving from Adelaide to the next stop, which is like on Great Ocean Road. And the car thermometer went up to 50. We're like, whoa, 50 degrees oh, Celsius. that's so, really normal. So we got out and like, just experience it. We're like, shit, the bed is fucking hot. And here, yesterday, yes. it was like almost touching 50, wasn't it? It felt yeah, like 47. Yeah. 40, 49 in Abbotsford. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... No, that's 53 in Kamloops. <laughs> <laughs> and no one's got aircon in Vancouver apart from Lindsay, so this is why we're in her little den. Yes. For UK My people. recording studio. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Got a great view of English Bay, sort of. Um, but yeah, it's really cold in this room, so yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, it's um, honestly growing up. I think I've maybe had five days this okay. high, total yeah. in my entire thirty years here. I kind of was almost expect maybe east might have just like these few days. Yeah, it gets a bit hot there, yeah. right? Oh, like east. Toronto, wherever, or but not here. I wouldn't expect that to be. No, this, level here. this is not normal. And even when it gets this hot, it doesn't last more than forty-eight hours. So, yeah. yeah, it was that bad yesterday that we slept in Emma's. Um, workplace office because I had an aircon. Um, sadly, not to bring the mood down, but uh, my friend is a veterinarian and she um, had to put down some dogs yeah. and uh, some animals died over the weekend. Yeah, they did read some dogs that were just like died, just dying in like overnight because yeah. of the heat. Or... Yeah, Frenchies, they're not good uh, with of course. heat. Yeah. yeah. So if if people have dogs on hot days, like buy a kitty pool that helps. Yes. Just yeah. put them in the water. Yeah. Also, Bernese, I can imagine they're not doing too well. Yeah. Because they're that thick hair, aren't they? And yeah. Like man and dogs. So they're, yeah. they're not expecting 50 degrees, are they? No, and then they can't really, I think they can't release the heat. Yeah. Um, they can only do it through their tongue. And then something about Frenchies, they're, they're just not yeah. good. Yeah. It's awful to see. But let's not bring it down on dog deaths. Yes. On, yeah. on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to kick off with Australia. So, yeah. quite a popular destination on my podcast. Yes, so perfect topic, speaking of heat wave. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I went to Australia, um, I went to Melbourne first. Oh, yeah. And the first day in Melbourne, it was 46 degrees okay. in the city. Yeah. I was at my friend's new apartment, also no AC. No AC? No in AC. Australia? What are you thinking? Yeah, um, she just moved in. Yeah. And I believe the, the difference between here and Australia is that you buy your own appliance. You buy your own washer, uh, dryer, and AC. Yeah. So she has not gotten her AC. Whoa. So I wet my t-shirt, and then I stood in front of the fan. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I lasted the next five hours until she came home to drive me to the mall. <laughs> I would expect any place in Australia, even in Melbourne where it doesn't get normally that hot, to have aircon. But that's yeah. crazy. I was not. I was not used to. It. I think that was probably my first time experiencing anything over forty-five. Yeah, forty. Um, so I, that I don't think I experienced it in Melbourne 
I think I got to 42, 43. But then it flipped. Like, it went to like 16, 17 a few days later. Yeah, really yeah. Weird. It, was, it was December, so it's oh, their yeah. peak. peak yeah, and, and of, or right before Christmas. Yeah. So I think it's their peak and, and very interesting experience going down to the beach because, you know, yeah. you see Santa hats. Yeah, you do. And yeah. you see girls in like Santa skirts. <laughs> yeah. And then they're in bikinis playing volleyball. <laughs> Is that the dream to me? That was a yeah. culture shock. Yeah. <laughs> in December time. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I stayed in Melbourne for a few weeks. Um, amazing, you know, art scene, sports scene. Um, sports, you right, can yeah. watch any sport that you want. I think at the end of my trip in January, there was the Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, of course. At Apple Park. Yeah. yeah at um, Phillip Island. Yeah, with the penguins. Yes. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where all the penguins are. Yeah. Um, and then Sydney, I, it didn't really, to be honest, leave a big impression. Mm-hmm. Like Bondi Beach was beautiful, yeah. um, busy. Coogee Beach um, is a bit more unique. Um, that's 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 about a big city. I think you know I, I have seen you know yeah. New York and Tokyo, so it's not. Sydney's a weird one. A, yeah. yeah. Did you walk from the coast to coast walk? You can do like. I walked from Bondi yeah, up yeah, to Yeah, we the, did, yeah. I think it's like 10k or something. Yeah, because we stayed on Coogee Beach, which oh, was nice. really good. I like Coogee Beach. Yeah, yeah, there's a hotel right on the beach. Um, I think it's called Coogee Hotel. Yeah. And then on summer nights, they just leave the lobby completely open and mm. they have live band and everything. So yes. I thought that was better than Bondi. Bondi was just really big and busy. Bondi's big, yeah, yeah. bigger, yeah. Uh, uh, it's more... Backpacker Central as well, yeah, maybe as well. Yeah, you got your classic. Yeah. Um, but I saw my first few pairs of nice uh, titties. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah, on yeah. Your podcast yeah. Uh, on Coogee and Bondi Beach. Um, I have seen them here on Rec Beach by okay. BBC in Vancouver. Is that a new beach anyway? Yeah, but it's yeah, a new I think beach, in... but only old people. Yeah, go only there. old people go there. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I, I turned around at Kuji and then I was like, whoa, you yeah. know, I didn't realize, you know, 20 something year old girls. I think um, Australia, yeah, I think I saw it in Manly, me and a couple of friends were there. Yeah. And yeah, there's no, like, yeah, and, no shit skipper basically. And no one really cares no. and no one's being creepy. So no. I thought that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I guess any creepy guys would be the Brits guys, I imagine, because they can't believe it. Like, yeah. You won't find that in UK, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. And I think Europe, I mean, like, um, Spain, you know, you, you yeah. see that in the Pretty relaxed. Yeah. But yeah. Sydney as a whole is a weird one. I didn't like it at the start when I was there in my year, but I've been back since and I've grown to like it, I think. But, again, it's like Vancouver, it's just so expensive. Unless yeah. you've got a real top-notch paid job, I don't see how it's sustainable. But it's a great city to live in. Yeah, I think maybe because it's too close to Vancouver or the vibe, you know, I, yeah, I went yeah. down Darling Harbour, I Passive, went yeah. to the bridge climb and um, the houses are multi-million, yeah. nothing is affordable, so it no. really just reminds me of Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, yeah. So, you know, Melbourne, I just noticed, you know, they have like amazing, um, like Church Street, Chapel Street, um, yeah. all have, you know, different kind of restaurants, culture, you have like hipster area, you have hip area, posh area. Um, the the bar scene was amazing. You Cafe can really yeah, right. go out anywhere. You want sports, you got sports, you want arts, you got arts, you want concerts, there's everything. Yeah. So I do enjoy that more. I think Melbourne I think I enjoyed my time there more because of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I love my sports, so watching AFL was pretty cool. Yeah. But um yeah the the choice I think it's a little bit more choice in Melbourne. I think you've got a bit more 
stuff going on. But they're both they're both great cities. Yeah, right? yeah, they are, and and people are amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. so chilled. Yeah, and then I went up, so I flew to Cairns, um, yeah. up in Queensland. Very different. So yeah, it's yeah. very different. Um, a lot hotter, uh, so humid, hot. very humid. Yeah. So I went there because I was diving in um, uh, Mexico, and the diving instructor actually recommended uh, the Great Barrier Reef, course, obviously yeah. for diving um, mm-hmm. for the marine life. And then I watched a documentary, which I really recommend. It's on Netflix. Hopefully, it's still on. It's called Chasing Coral. Okay. So Not it's enough. it's yeah it's and it's beautiful. So even if you just want to sit back and you know watch something nice, um, it basically. Yeah takes you through the Great Barrier Reef and everything around it and how it's changing. And the photographer set up the camera over time. Is it, is it, it's basically then, dying, isn't it? Is it dying? Yeah. yeah. So it will show you in the end that, you know, um, what he was filming in the beginning was all purple and orange and lots of fish. Oh, God. And then at the end of his filming, everything was already bleached and it just oh. shows you how fast that was. So right. I... Yeah, so I decided to go up to the Great Barrier Reef. Mm. So, Cairns, um, amazing little town. Um, surprisingly, it's not right by like a white sand beach. It's no. a bit, you know, uh, kind of inside on the cove yeah. or bay area. So they don't have a beachfront um, place, even though they're right like the city to be for mm. a Great Barrier Reef tour. Yeah. Um, so the cities to go around Cairns would be Palm Cove. Okay. And yeah. Port Douglas. Port Douglas. They're yeah. A bit, yeah, yeah. There are the two. Pond Cove is smaller than Port Douglas, but very colorful, mm. which you don't see in Western countries. It has a bit of that like Spanish or Latin America oh, nice. um, color, so yeah. it's very colorful. It's, uh, palm coves because their entire area is covered in palm trees, and then they have. Um, yeah, they have these walks, and you see a lot of weddings. They have these uh, walkways that's just covered on both sides with <laughs> palm trees. Yeah, sounds like it's good to be true. Yeah, so they have hotels just like Port Douglas. So yeah. that's a um, good place to stay. Yeah. The the water is very warm. Of course, yeah, yeah. But you do have to watch out for salt water crocodile. Uh, yeah, I guess even jellyfish in the wrong time of year. Yeah, you so can't go in there about wetsuit and think half a year. They will warn you, but that's the funny thing about Australia is that, you know, they, they're they so accustomed to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have no lifeguards there to tell you, you know, don't go in right now. There could be saltwater crocodile. They yeah. just have a few signs on the beach and it's like, you know, go in at your own risk. <laughs> so what happened was I was walking around in Palm Cove getting a massage and then my masseuse said, oh, you know, um, a wedding this morning had to be cut short because there was a saltwater crocodile that broke up the party. <laughs> and I was in so much shock because I was literally on that beach in that water the day before mm. having a swim. Well, you know the risks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I saw the sign and I was, oh, you know, no one's here to tell me not to do anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it's somewhat safe, you know, swim at my own risk. But I love it though because you've got like a bit of freedom. Yeah. Like, yeah, we know the crocodile's in there. Yeah. I actually quite find it funny that you probably just like rocked out the crocodile, like, yeah, fancy bit of food or something. Yeah, yeah. Like wedding, yeah, join wedding. in. <laughs> <laughs> Buffet. Don't do it, don't yes. do it. <laughs> so that was, that was a fun um, experience in Cairns. And then we caught this, they have a cruise um, or kind of a Great Barrier Reef cruise. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I went with is called Down Under. 
um, yeah. Australian down under, and then so it's massive boat. It probably have had about three hundred people on that boat, oh, wow. and they have all the equipment. So we'll have the snorkel gear, diving gear, everything.、Mm. You pre-purchase everything online, and then they take you out. They provide lunch for you, which is a seafood buffet. That alone、yeah. is worth the, the yeah. ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and honestly, I think when I went down diving,、uh, when I was about thirty feet deep, I saw、uh, colorful corals.、Yeah. And then you go a little bit further out, because、uh, we docked at this reef called Hastings Reef, which is one of the bigger ones.、Yeah. Most boats are docked there. So if you swim around, you can go to other smaller reefs.、Okay. And as you go a little bit further, you can see、uh, bleached corals. And I remember、yeah. I. Started crying, but because of the pressure underwater, you can't really <laughs> cry. <laughs> you can't really cry, but you can feel that your eyeballs are getting really sore and、oh. it's getting moist. But you, you, your tears don't really come out. But it、oh. was very emotional. It was, you know,、yeah. like to watch it on TV is one thing.、Mm. To see it when you first get into water, you see these, these like. Massive mobs of fish swim towards you, and you swim through them.、Mm. And, you know, and then 15 minutes later, you see these coral that's just white and gray, and there's no fish around it, and just so, really sad. It's so weird because we we know it's dying and we know it's happening, but we don't seem to be doing anything about it. Or they're, what they're trying is maybe not enough, or we just can't seem to like shape that. Oh, we have to see it, and it maybe destroys it. I don't really know. What, It's sad because you know I think I watched this either in Chasing Coral or the David Attenborough、yeah. um, show that they said that you know when we notice the side of the mountain is burning, you know we think that we should do something、mm. about it, right?、Yeah. Conserve water,、um, you know, forest fire prevention,、yeah. everything. But because we can see it, we see that you know、uh, a species of tiger is dying. Yeah, yeah. You know, Animals, we, we want to、yeah. protect them. Yeah. But sadly, underwater, it just not get seen. Of、like, course, yeah. We're yeah. not seeing it. We're not seeing the bleach coral. But、mm. I bet you, right now, there's a, you know a portion of it that's just completely white. Yeah. And luckily, with these corals, so. And and don't quote me on on this, <laughs> but I learned it from chasing coral that. Um, once they bleach, they can come back. So when the water temperature gets above certain temperature,、yeah. especially at the Great Barrier Reef,、um, when it's so hot,、um, it bleaches. But then when the water temperature drops, they can potentially come back. However, if the temperature keeps going up or the duration of the high water temperature gets longer and longer, they will eventually bleach and does not have the ability to come、oh, back. Yeah. At some point, you know, so we can save it, but just we don't know. This is awful. I think the only bleach coral we saw was in the Cook Islands. I think one year they had a、uh, a bit of a heat wave, and the the water level was a bit lower,、mm-hmm. and it was popping out. And it was the only time it had direct,、uh, I guess, direct sunlight on it, and it bleached it all. And that's the only time it's ever happened. But、yeah. you can still see it discoloring. Yeah,、there. so they can still come back. It's just you know, it's kind of like. If you cut your plant off, you know, cut the leaves off, it it, it will come back. But if you keep doing it, eventually, yeah, it will not get enough sunlight、yeah. to survive.、Um, and you know, we're just kind of thinking, oh, it's just a bunch of corals. What、mm. would that do? But once 
I was down there, I noticed, you know, it's all the fish that's around it, living in it, feeding on it. Mm. And the fish, you know, are food for bigger fish or course, everything. Yeah. And then on the documentary that I watched, it's saying that once these corals are bleached, it it's actually an ecosystem that's dying, not just one type of tiger that's dying yeah. because if the corals are bleached the fish disappear yeah. if the fish disappear a lot of these island population will have trouble getting food of course like the philippines yeah. and stuff so it's really sad and you know i hope there's a way to repair it did you when you're doing this did like the guides in in australia talk about this as well like i don't know what the human cost is of this or yeah they did so Australians are very very protective of their ocean so yeah. they're doing a really good job so what they did is um, I I believe they will um, they have this line about a hundred kilometers or 200 kilometers um, from the ocean to the shoreline that's protected mm -hmm. you cannot fish there you cannot dump waste there yeah. um, you cannot do any kind of you know harmful activities mm -hmm. and to bring that um, uh, coral back and the fish population back as well so oh, they good. did yeah, say that, that it's actually repairing the yeah. reefs within that 200 kilometers yeah. um shoreline i guess but it take time as well outside so. of that on international water oh yeah it's a free yeah, fall right free, yeah <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you um just quickly before we crack on with diving where did yeah. you learn to dive like oh what's your um, the first time I went, I think I was 19, so this might be, you know, a short, good story. I almost drowned when oh. I was eight. Right. Um, so then after eight, I experienced a severe PTSD uh, mm. for water. I cannot walk near water. I cannot walk down the beach. I yeah. definitely cannot be on a boat because I was canoeing with my dad when my canoe flipped over. Oh, right. And oh, and right. so I, I blacked out under the canoe. Uh, my dad, like, scooped me out of I don't know where. I woke yeah. up in the hospital. So I had this, like, irrational fear about water for... Mm -hmm five six years until i was a teen yeah uh so fi at 15 i just started learning how to swim because i wasn't able to before i couldn't even be in water like, <laughs> you know it's it's a weird thing that when i'm close to water even if i'm just on shore that i can see the water near me mm -hmm. and then my heart rate would just go up oh wow what and a bath could you have a bath um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. That's it's fine. just like yeah. large bodies large, of water, yeah, like, yeah, like lakes, yeah, something. lakes, ponds, yeah. uh, ocean. It's really weird. Um, but what's, what's ironic is I loved water up until that point. <laughs> so then at 15, I learned how to swim. And then um, I find it was very hard to get over my fear. Because every time I'm in water, the feeling of not being able to touch the ground came back. Yeah, that's um, why I have. That's, that's why I'm going. Really? Yeah, I'm going deep water. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I remember that was a moment when I was about to pass out yeah. in in the ocean um, yeah, when we were canoeing. So that was the feeling that I had. So I just I couldn't get over the fear. So then my friend suggested that why don't you put on a snorkel, uh, and then you know that you will never drown because you can breathe through it. Yeah. So then at 15, that's how I learned how to swim. I learned how to swim over snorkel. And then once I can swim, I, I can get rid of the snorkel. And then I decided, well, I was so afraid of water. Why don't I just go right 
forth and just completely overcome my fear. Yeah. So then I started diving because I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you, you didn't get any help. You just went like, I'm no, doing snorkeling. I'm going diving. Yeah, because oh, I wow. figure you know I learned how to swim. Um, yeah. I'm obviously comfortable with the snorkeling. Um, yeah. I don't need uh, you know a floating device or anything like I can swim it's a mental oh, fear yeah. right physically I can swim it's yeah. the mental part barrier that's hard to get past it's tough and then so I thought you know might as well just go for a dive what's what, <laughs> <laughs> what helps to overcome the fear of water so then I went to Mexico um Cozumel so that's one of the best places to to dive yeah. it has the um a very full marine life in the water yeah. and they have um, like American instructors there so everything's American standard your yeah. tank so it's very safe and then I went down and honestly I was fascinated by how peaceful it is yeah, underwater yeah. um, have you tried diving? no because I'm afraid of water <laughs> <laughs> Emma's been like snorkeling she's not been diving but I just can't but I said to her yesterday, I said, I've got, I've got to get over this because I, I think I'm missing out a little bit on like, what you're probably now going to describe yeah. what you saw. Like, I need to do it. Yeah, I think do it because diving is actually a completely different experience than swimming. Because for swimming, you you know, sometimes you get some water in your nose and yeah. then you panic yeah. or you have to know, you know, when to uh, when to swim, how to make yourself float. When you're diving, you're hooked onto an oxygen tank. So mm -hmm. you breathe normally. Yeah. You breathe through the tube. So you don't even need to know how to swim. Mm. Um, obviously, it's better if you do <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for mental reasons. But... Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, once I was in water, I think I just realized how peaceful it is. Mm -hmm. It's like a completely different world. There's yeah. no, you know, woods or no mountains on earth, like above air, that yeah. gives you that kind of, um, uh, you know, peace and quiet. And another thing that I loved about it is the weightless feeling. So once you can, you learn how to control your um, buoyancy. Yeah. Um, you basically you're floating in the middle of water. Mm -hmm. You're not sinking. You're not going above. Um, if you go above, that means you don't have enough weight, or you know your jacket's um, has too much air. Yeah. So once you master that buoyancy, you float, and it's this weightless feeling that mm -hmm. you're floating in air in this very quiet space and there's all kinds yeah. of fish around you and your breathing sounds completely different and then what I love the most is um, I'm kind of an extroverted introvert so I can socialize mm -hmm. but I need my downtime yeah. and I really value my quiet time and I love the fact that you can't talk <laughs> underwater right yeah. so then you realize that underwater world is to be experienced yes not for you to talk so. you know you're not going to hear about anyone mm. and i think you know you know how blind people have better hearings and vice versa mm. so when you take away the ability to speak you can see better and you mm. can hear better and so it's a totally different experience and for me it was very peaceful you're you know in a in a you're in someone else's world. You're in the fish's world. Were you ever like surprised by a bigger fish like just coming behind you? Cause you didn't hear it, or 
I don't know, but he's like, oh god, it's a whale. I touched, it. I touched a nurse shark. Okay. But I did not see the size, which is not very big. But I turned around, I saw the shark face. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I froze. Yeah. Um, but within a few seconds, you notice that their fin's very small. Yeah. And it's just nurse shark. They don't have the big white shark teeth. Mm. Um, they have the shark face, you know, with the short yeah. mouth and everything. And they're very gentle. And I think mm. I... I I was never or I'm not afraid of sharks. Um, I do think you know they're a misunderstood creature. They are. Yeah. Um, they're very gentle, and these nurse sharks they were just doing their own thing. Um, you can blame Jaws. Jaws, yes. Jaws film created that um, yes. yeah. atmosphere around sharks. Yeah. But I can imagine if you're in water. Imagine like a whale comes past, right? Whales are just intimidatingly huge. Not they're not like scary in terms of like they eat you. Yeah. But it's big, right? And you just like, you know, you're bopping along. Yes. And it's just like, you know, oh, Serena, there's a, a few fish there, and you turn to your left. And this blue whale is just like there. Yeah. You must shit yourself, surely. Even yeah. though you know it's like peaceful, but the sheer size of it, you probably can't even compute how big it is. Like, I, yeah, so at the Great Bear Reef, um, the water's too warm for whales. Okay, um, right. And it's too warm for big white sharks. So uh, right. you know you, you're right. not going to run into uh, okay. them. I did dive once in Vancouver, and um, we saw a group of orcas. Not near us, oh, because yeah. they're not that friendly. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> but we were diving um, of Porto Cove in West Vancouver, mm-hmm. and we noticed um, when we come back up that there's a group of orca. So yeah. we actually got out of the water, because oh, yeah. you never know what temperament they might be in. They can be a bit... Um... Uh, Aggressive. They can work, work together and yeah, aggressive and that exactly. sort of stuff. Right? Yeah, so you never know. They <laughs> they usually attack uh, seals. Yes, of course, yeah. We look similar <laughs> enough with yeah. our wetsuit. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> you never know. It's I think with diving you just have to be smart. Some people yeah. have this fear, you know, like what if, you know, something happens underwater. But your tank has enough air, even if, you know, anything happens, just for you to breathe that the rest of their air in you yeah. can surface what's the average um, time like you normally spend for me because i have been doing yoga for over 10 years right i use the tank um very slowly so okay usually i i still have more than half tank left when other people uh use up their okay. air so a tank likely will last me I would say over an hour, but nice. most diving trips um, you stop at thirty minutes, um, okay. especially in groups. That I believe the instructor will ask people to check your oxygen level and yeah. will go by the lowest oxygen level. How do you communicate that? If you're oh, there are like signals. So okay. I haven't I haven't been diving for a year and a half because of COVID now, so I forgot. But there were like finger signals, like, you know, like check your tank. So then you tell them like you are at like a thousand or like you're at two thousand or three thousand. So the instructor or your guide, your diving guide will know um, when to come back up. Um, So my boyfriend, um, Jonathan, he, a lot of people, they hyperventilate because they, they're scared of water yeah, you know, yeah, when they're in water yeah. so props to him he did it because just like he he's just like you <laughs> he did not want to do it 
but he heard really good things, so he said, might as well try it, right? Yeah. So the first 10 minutes, he was hyperventilating. So you are using up your oxygen tank really fast. Yeah. So the breathing that you want to do underwater is you take one deep breath, and then you leave it in your body, and then you slowly breathe out. So that one breath will last you, you know, you know more than a minute, likely. Mm-hmm. And for him, when you're hyperventilating, you just constantly need oxygen. So that's what he did. And we actually had to come up the first trip after, you know, 20 minutes. The thing is, though, like, you can't, you can't escape. It's not like, I don't know, if you walk up a mountain and you think, oh, sod this, I'm not doing this anymore. You can just walk yeah. back down. But if you're in water, I guess you can't even go to the surface that quickly. You've got to make sure you equalize, right, I guess. Yes, yeah. You I, can't even shoot straight up. You've got to be you like, you cannot panic, I suppose. You've got to be like really calm. Yeah, your lung will explo- explode. Oh, God. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you don't pressurize. So you just have to do it slowly. But in diving classes, they'll teach you, you know, if something happens to your tank. So every diving jacket has two... Um, uh, I forgot mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. So one is for yourself, and one is actually for emergency. So anything happens to your partner, you can actually let them share your oxygen tank. So yeah. if you just have the thought that even if my tank goes completely bust, mm-hmm. you will still be fine. You will still have, you know, another mouthpiece. You will have your yeah. oxygen tank. All you need is thirty seconds for you to pressurize um, to go right. back up. I was how long it takes. How long does it take to like... So you can go up about 30 seconds. Yeah. And then you stop. So... How far up can you go? Uh, the best way to assess, because the speed is different, right? You can go up really fast. Yeah. Um, so how you can tell is by your your years. So you will feel the pressure in your years. Yeah. Typically, it goes by 10 feet. Every okay. 10 feet, you yeah. stop and you pressurize. Yeah. Um, you do the yawning thing for yeah. your years, and then you keep going up. Yeah. Um, so don't panic. I think if you panic when it comes to diving, that's the... God. I mean, I, I do want to do it, but I've, I've, I've got to get over so much stuff to do. You can do, a, you can do a discovery dive with yes. an instructor, right? Yeah, so yeah. you know nothing will happen. You're not even going that deep. Yeah. Um, 30 feet. Um, yeah. That's very quick to recover. If someone is feeling um, uncomfortable, you mm. can just quickly come up. Yeah, I think I need to see. I just yeah. need to get on with it. Yeah, and the uh, and at Great Barrier Reef, everything's so shallow, so you don't need oh, to course. go that deep. Yeah, right. And in cold water diving, like California yeah. and Vancouver, you would need to go deeper, mm-hmm. and it's very kelpy. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's all a bunch yeah. of seaweeds yeah. down there, so you will have to do dry suit um, diving, okay. and then and then that's another skill set. I'm not. So you're I'm only you really only wetsuit. I only did wetsuit diving. Dry suit diving, you actually have to pressurize your suit because there's air in your suit as well. So you all have to learn how to do that. So I I don't think I ever want to dive in cold water. (laughs) (laughs) Why why would it have been cold water anyway? Yeah, yeah, so for diving, I mean, I've dived in in Mexico. I've dived in Indonesia. I've dived in the Philippines. uh, I've dived in Hawaii. And I will have to say the Great Bear Reef was um, the, the best experience mm-hmm. I had just because of the scale and the amount of um, sea life, marine life that's underneath it. Yeah. And then we did a helicopter ride, which I highly recommend because you fly over the reef. Yeah. And I think 
I had this sensory overload. I had never seen anything like this. You've you've been above the ocean from airplanes, but you don't really see kind of this like light-colored island right underneath you, and that's not really land. It's it's reefs. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think I want to do skydive. Um, yeah. Is it Mission Beach? Um, that's on my list. Next time I go to Australia, is I want to do a skydive over the Great Barrier Reef because I want to see it you know, as you come down. Um, yeah, yeah, it's you it's amazing, and I highly recommend if you're doing you know kind of an island trip, go to Fitzroy Island oh, yeah. at the Great Barrier Reef. Mm-hmm. The whole island is a reef island. Nice. Their beach is just white um, pieces of reefs. It's not actually sand. It's um, if you pick up a piece of reef, you, sometimes you can see the the fish bone. Oh, or yeah. fish shape yeah, on yeah. on the reefs, yes. um, like fossils. Yeah, yeah, everything. Cool. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's really cool. You walk on them; they're not that comfortable to walk on. Um, yeah. But it's really interesting. You can hear the the sound. You're just stepping on dry reefs. Wow. Did you go to what sound is in Australia? Yes. Yeah. So is, it's not like that white squeaky sound there. Is it different to? No, that's that's just pure white pure sand. White, pure yeah. Bliss white I, sand, isn't it? I would say with Sunday, I don't know how it got so famous. I think it's very photogenic. Yeah, it's photogenic. Yeah, it's an Instagram but, photo. Isn't but it? the yeah, but the the only thing to do is to fly over it, right? You, yeah. You can, can go down to the you beach. Can go down to the beach and walk on it, but you can't go to sea on certain parts of the year because you're wet sea because there's jellyfish. Yeah. So exactly. when we're there, we're like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to dip it in the sea. He's like, nah, mate. Yeah. It's jellyfish sea. You're not going there, mate. Yeah. That's my strange. Yes. Um, I'm like, oh, right, okay. So that, that rules that out. So we just stand on the beach and look then. Yeah, yeah. You have to avoid jellyfish season. Yes. Um, and if you do get stung, you just pee on it. <laughs> Is that from experience? Or? Yes. <laughs> right. That's a great bit of advice. Um... It's a myth, but whatever it is, it saved um, my Save my foot got stung yeah. <laughs> once, but it was okay. God. Yeah, so let's move to the Philippines diving as well. Yeah, um, is it jellyfish there? No, surely not. No. Um, no. What was the what's the difference there from Philippines to Australia? the Philippines diving? I would say it's Thai second best um, with probably. In Indonesia near oh, yeah. Bali, but yeah. Bali is a very touristy yeah, now. Yeah, I don't like Bali. Um, and it's on record. If you the trick is if you want to dive, you want to go to places that's not too not touristy. busy yeah, or yeah. that's large, right? So yes. the Great Barrier Reef is so large. So yeah. even though it's busy, you can still have a lot of empty space to explore, lots yeah. of marine life. The problem with um, Indonesia is that there's so many people, so many tourists, and you know, fish either get scared away or um, overfishing. Yeah. So what we did is we went to the Philippines. We decided not to go to the popular spots uh, like Cebu. Mm-hmm. We decided to go to this island called um, Palawan. Oh, Palawan. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an island that's not as famous as Cebu. Yeah. But it was, it was basically like Bali 20 years ago. Yes. There was no hotels and we had to, you know, book uh, local boutique hotels. How long ago was this? Uh, this was the year before COVID, 2019. Yeah, in the summer, yeah, in yeah. May. Yeah. So I I remember you you had to book you know these no name hotels mm-hmm. just off you know booking dot com or yeah. Expedia, and then we arrived at 2 a.m. and then we realized every door 
every hotel has a gate, and the gate was locked. <laughs> and the security, who's supposed to be locking and opening the gate, was sleeping. <laughs> so right. we can see him sleeping on yes. his shift. So we actually couldn't get into the hotel. <laughs> but that's the, you know a very authentic experience of yep. the Philippines. It's just, just you know anything goes. You just have to be. Prepared to go with it. Mm. So then, you know, we were scared for a second, and then we saw four white girls, um, drunk, walking down <laughs> the alley, the same alley, and then we felt safe right away <laughs> that this must be touristy. Yeah. Nothing's ha- gonna happen, and we just got a um, a backup hotel down oh, okay. down the street. Yeah, um, and then we stayed there. So Palawan, we went all the way up. So when you arrive in Palawan, we took a van. Um, and it took us on a five-hour, really shitty journey oh, up north. Yeah. But we went to El Nido, which is yeah. a fishing island at the north tip of the Palawan. Mm. Um, very small town, not really explored, and the diving was amazing. Yeah. Uh, they they will take you out on these kind of sketchy fishing boats. Classic Asia, But then they take you out. Um, but all the equipment, they're either European standard yeah. or American standard so everything's safe um, our diving guide it was from Spain so we mm-hmm. had a really good chat as well yeah. um, the difference that I see is that they don't have an open area um, or it's not as open as the Great Barrier Reef mm-hmm. right because they have so many islands yeah, but the beauty of having a, a lot of islands is that a lot of these marine life are segregated so the locals if they know which cove to take you to mm-hmm. there's a ton of marine life in oh. one particular cove yeah, yeah. and so you can swim along different fish they're very colorful yeah. and they're um coral i didn't see any bleach coral there in the Philippines, um, I think it's a bit better um, yep. in the Philippines. I think it's protected by the islands. The temperature wasn't as high sure, as yeah. the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I, I would say it's great for intro diving because you know you're not in an open area. Nothing mm-hmm. is too deep, and you're not too far from shore. Well, I think Panawan is. Um When you see the classic photos of the Philippines, like the idyllic ones, yeah, they're taken on Panawan. I think. I think it's a it's kind of known, but not the most touristy place. I think like Cebu is the f- most Cebu famous. And Boracay Island. Yeah, Boracay. Yes. Like Mark, who was on the episode before, went to Boracay, and mm-hmm. it looks amazing there. But I think yeah. Padawan's a little bit quieter. Yeah. So we chose that purely for for diving. Right. Yeah. We want somewhere that's not as busy. If it's just pure beach vacation, I think we will have chosen Boracay or Cebu. Yeah. Um, it's a bit more developed. You have yeah, resorts yeah. and hotels and you know locals and expats. Mm-hmm. Um, in El Nido, you have tours, but not as busy. You get a lot of locals coming from Manila. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. but um, everyone in the Philippines speaks English, so yes. you can get around. Really I, think, I think we were there at some point in our history, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like a lot of things you're just talking yes. about. <laughs> Touchy subject, that's not yeah, there. I, yeah, I, I can guess because they have a lot of Catholic churches, and a lot yes. of the Filipinos are Catholic. I so. think the. I think, don't quite miss, I think the Spanish were there first. And then we took yes, over. Yeah. That's why they've got a bit of a Spanish culture yes, there as well. And some of the names are Spanish, like El Nido. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, a, it's quite a melting pot of um, culture there, I think, in the Philippines. Yeah, I, I felt a lot 
safer than I expected to mm. be in the Philippines. Manila, you know, not yeah. so much. Yeah. Uh, traffic is insane. Yeah. Like, I don't think I enjoyed it. Mm. I, I, I was hiding out at the mall for <laughs> half a day and then that was enough. Yeah. But their islands are amazing. So Palawan, I would go back again for diving. Yeah. Um, and the seafood Oh, must be good. Yeah, amazing. Because that's an actual fishing village. I think it was a fishing village, mm -hmm. and then now it's developed yeah, into yeah. a tourist town. But you, did you go anywhere else in the Philippines or just Palawan? Uh, no, Not we Manila. went to Manila, and yeah. then we went to a coastal town, um, Batanga, okay. south of Manila. Yeah. Uh, but because it's a, a beach off the mainland, it wasn't kind of you know that crystal yeah, blue yeah. green yeah. as um, I think for an authentic or our view of authentic you know, <laughs> Philippines experience you know Instagram worthy experience yeah. you will have to go to like an island yeah I think if I because it's the only place I've not been to in Southeast Asia so it's on my list I can't even he's going to Bali doesn't doesn't really count not sure but um yeah, I think Philippines and a bit more Indonesia is on the list. Yeah. But it's not high on the list. Yeah. But I keep seeing pictures of Palawan, I'm like, oh, I want to go to Palawan. Yeah, but, there's lots to do in Palawan, because yeah. Palawan is, I believe, one of the bigger islands oh, of okay. the, the Philippines. So when you first go in, there's Porto Princesa. Yeah. So, you know, in and around Porto Princesa, there's under underground caves, mm -hmm. uh, river activities wow. you can yeah. do, um, lots of different activities. Um, the hotels are really cheap in Porto Princesa, oh, and yeah. they have a big airport, so you can yeah. fly direct from Manila nice. to, to it. So, yeah, you can do a lot of mm. activities on Palawan. It's not just island um, yeah, activities. I mean, yeah, I guess people just see Boracay kind of think, oh, it's the beach yeah. holiday, right? But That's like the same thing as Wet Sunday, right? Yeah. You see that a lot in photos because it's very photogenic, but once you're there, it's just, it's not that much to do. No, that's why we went on a party boat for two nights and three days. <laughs> but then that must that be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of shit from that That's boat, a different experience. Different yeah. stories, that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, called, it's called The Clipper. Yeah. Um, and they call it the Clipper Dipper. So that name. Did you guys go out? Like, did you leave it's, the it's, island? It's a Whit Sundays tour boat. That's what it's called, right? Okay. But essentially, yeah. all you're doing is pine on the boat, fancy dress, you jump in water if you can. It's not right. jellyfish season. Um, and then the Whit Sundays sort of comes at the end, and he's the main part and of the trip. See it. You sort yeah. of see it, and it's raining when we saw it. We didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, got a few photos. And it's very different to see what Sunday from a boat than from an airplane. And most of the photos of what oh, Sunday right, are yeah. from an airplane. Yeah. So a we lot did, of people we did dock. get. We got out. Yeah, we've okay. done a little hike. They take a little hike. Yeah. And there's a break in the rain to get some photos, but I think, yeah, it's not like, it's not like this. But yeah. Clear day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely worth doing with Sundays. I think just to take it off. But to feel the sand, that white, sort of like crunchy sand, yes. like makes that squeaking noise. Yeah. Dream. Yeah, it is. And the sand is really white. Yeah, and it's protected. You can't take any with you. Yeah. I think someone tried to take some with us on that boat and he got uh, he got told off. You can get arrested for that, I think. Um, wow. But I think so. If I remember rightly. Someone stuck someone in his pocket. But yeah, they did say do not yes, take anything. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah, the Australians are serious when yeah, it comes yeah. to that. Yeah, you can't even take an apple in, so... Yeah, I got searched going in and leaving. Yeah, they don't fuck about that. 
um, strict rules. So, yeah, Philippines is great. We're going to move up in, in jockey terms to Japan. Yeah. And you lived on Okinawa. Yes. Island. It's an island, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a bit further south than the mainland, isn't it? Yeah, uh, quite a quite bit far. south. It's yeah. actually closer to the Philippines than to mainland Japan. Okay, yeah. Uh, so it's tropical, subtropical um, yeah. climate. Yeah. Uh, very hot, very similar to Hawaii. It's almost like a Hawaii for, for Japan. Japan. Oh, yeah. Uh, except Japanese people don't really go there. Japanese people go to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> People uh, are always chasing what's different, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, my grandparents are from Okinawa. Yeah. So when I was uh, seven years old, I got to live with them for a year. Nice. I went to the international school um, on yeah. uh, Okinawa Island. And there are actually quite a lot of international kids because there is actually a military base. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so lots of kids. It's English speaking school. Yeah. I got to make friends, like people from all over the place. A lot of Americans yeah. there. Um, what I noticed is just that you know that island culture. Like I, I, I have no idea. You know, Okinawa at that time it has the one of the longest life expectancy uh, in okay. the world. I was seven. You know, I, I, I had no idea. Yeah, you know, I'm literally. Only island of, you know, where the most old people yeah. are. But I just noticed, you know, now that I'm older and looking back, I just noticed a lot of things that we don't do here. You know, mm-hmm. my grandparents, they never really used a fridge. They never really oh. used a microwave. They have a habit of going down to the market. And every market has seafood because yeah. it's an island. That is the culture. So they, my grandpa would take a bucket he will walk down to the beach, grab some seawater, and then walk to the market, which is usually close to the to the water mm-hmm. or some um, wharf. And then that's how he shops. He will buy a fish and then throw that fish in his bucket with the seawater to make sure the fish is still alive when right. he goes home. And most things, most seafood is sold live at those markets because Japanese people don't want to eat anything that's dead for an extended period of time. They Mm -hmm. want to preserve it for as long as you can. So seaweed is also fresh. They Mm -hmm. put it in water. Fish is alive. Crabs are alive. Prawns, shrimps, lobster, everything are just alive. So then they will put all these things in... um, their bucket and then we will come home and they will make everything from fresh they don't leave leftovers they don't believe in you know eating things that are dead or um, leftovers they have a very small amount of leftovers like yeah. maybe some tofu pickled a lot of pickled food yeah but they're not gonna eat leftovers of fish um, they're certainly not gonna cook half of the fish today and then save the <laughs> other half of fish tomorrow you just cook what you buy today, which I didn't appreciate when I was younger. What did they What did they cook it with? Is it like a curry, or is it like fresh fish and a like lot vegetables? Of steamed, or? A lot of um, uh, they steam it with just some salt and pepper. Sometimes yeah. with some like sake or yeah. Japanese um, seasoning that I have no idea what it is, but yeah. just very simple. No deep fried, and not really no. greasy. Um, a lot of food is steamed, like steamed eggs, steamed yeah. vegetables, steamed tofu, steamed fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and they rarely make sushi. Yeah. 
because sushi is actually a delicacy. It's not an everyday Japanese yeah, that's meal. What, that's kind of what I thought, but the more you travel, you more see it's just a normal thing at a shop, right? Yeah, like when you go into the cities and, you know, um, any any cities, yeah. uh, even in Japan, like it's normalized now. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's actually not a daily like my mom wouldn't make sushi mm. unless it's a special occasion yeah she will pull out you know her like little bamboo roller thing to make sushi <laughs> rolls and stuff oh, yeah. but the typical japanese food is just you know individual of some you know like a few bites of tofu a few bites of like bean curds mm-hmm. you know a few bites of just little things yeah and then you have rice every meal um, they would my grandparents would even eat rice in the morning or like they would make so rice know, into congee they would eat it with some kind of tofu yeah um, or flavored tofu yeah. tofu with soy sauce soy sauce yeah yeah I that was one thing I never got used to I just wanted you know cereal and, and cereal <laughs> oh no my, and then I noticed what I'm missing cereal it's so it's so like <laughs> Or just fresh I know, but morning. I grew up here, right? So oh, cereal was all I know. I want Cheerios. Oh. <laughs> yes, I, I wanted like Reese Puffs. They obviously <laughs> yeah. don't have any of that. They have some kind of um, things similar to mini wheats, but yeah. their traditional meal in the morning is, you know, a little bit of congee and then, you know, some tofu mm. uh, with seasoning um, yeah. or soy sauce, and it's very simple. They don't yeah. eat a whole lot in the morning. Um, they don't really eat like toast, bread, baked um, beans. Yeah, none, <laughs> none, of that. Um, but there's rice in almost every meal, just yeah, a little course. bit. Um, the portions are very small. And then what I notice is that I guess the trick is if every meal that you eat is fresh, then you live a pretty healthy and oh, long life. Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't. They don't really have a fridge. They eventually got a fridge, but just to store, you know, maybe like a whole watermelon in there, yes. or you know, grapes and stuff like that. Um, they don't really, you know, freeze half a fish. Yeah, yeah. They don't have fillets, like frozen fillets or anything. They just go to the seafood market, and I remember they would ask me what kind of fish I want for tonight's meal and that's just what we eat there's mm. not going to be leftover for next day or just a little bit of leftover enough for breakfast i would choose prawns every day of the week yeah prawns for me yeah so prawns that was a really so you know how i said japanese people they don't want to eat anything that's dead for too long yeah that includes prawns right. so they're not going to buy prawns that are not moving and then <laughs> cook them they buy live prawns and then they put the live prawns in boiling water okay, right. and yeah. I remember yeah. when I saw that the first time I cried because yeah. I would see 10 prawns jump out of the pot and then five prawns jump out of the pot <laughs> and then one prawn jump out of the pot and then it's like dead silence <laughs> I mean if you analyze it pretty cruel yeah it's very <laughs> cruel yeah but you know what if, you, if human beings on that island they've been doing it for I don't know a thousand years yeah I don't know exactly what, I mean like, we slaughter yeah. Chicken, cows. Yeah, at the sort of commercial level, it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's exactly. not a conversation, isn't it? But yes, but yeah. So you know, that was one thing I noticed. You know, when it comes to food, everything is fresh. And you know, now that I'm getting older, I try to go back to that. I try yeah. to you know try to just cook fresh food. Um, go to the grocery store more mm-hmm. um, than just you know do like a huge batch and then save it in in the freezer or so when he fridge. get your meals 
like it's, it's basically a meal a day. So he would walk down to the market, get whatever fish, ask you, and then the next day it would be the same again. Same, yeah. So he never basically doesn't buy in bulk. He'll buy just what he, what he needs for no the day. No bulk, yeah. There's no yeah. concept of bulk. Yes. Right? It's a yeah. very, I think it's a North American thing. Yeah. Um, they just buy what they need for the day. Yeah. And the market has all the vegetables, so yeah. they will buy vegetables for the day. They will mm-hmm. buy one tomato, you know, a, you know, a little bit of spinach to make omai, and you know, mm-hmm. that's about it. And then they'll come back every day. So I think they the the longevity is also from you know their routine. Like my grandparents, they have this amazing routine. They wake up at you know five thirty, six a.m. every morning. They would do some like exercise outside mm. or they would go for a hike um because it's an island you know you're not hiking up uh, uh, out yeah, yeah it's not grass growing, is it? it's it's just hills but yeah. they will make sure they will go and have you know a little bit of a workout and then they will come back and then by seven o'clock you know they will prepare either breakfast mm. or their daytime activity no cereal. go down to the market no cereal <laughs> <laughs> I was very deprived. No, (laughs) Uh, the milk they have, you know, these like milk um, carts that would come around to each. um, That's what old school, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So because it's an island, so I think they have like just a few milk suppliers, and everything's fresh. Um, I believe before I got there, they sometimes they actually bring uh, either a cow around or a goat around and oh. you can purchase um, unpasteurized milk that way. So would they be like... Yes, they would be squeezing it fresh <laughs> right to the bottle. Yeah. yeah. I've seen photos, but I didn't experience that. It was just, you know, kind of jars of fresh milk, yeah. that one jar, if you want to purchase it that day. Yeah. And I just noticed their routine. They're so consistent, you know, even when their back is sore, they will still go out for a walk. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really good for your health because once you stop, you know, when you get old and you stop moving, you stop exercising, you know, you can walk less and less, uh, less distance or, you know, less, you know, hills and everything. So for them, it's just every day they just try to, do the same physical activity as the day before mm-hmm. they go to the market that's always their um activity i mean my grandpa is 101 oh god my grandma is 99 i was gonna say are they retired but, yeah uh, yeah they? oh yeah <laughs> my my great aunt uh just had her 110th birthday um, in december yeah. 2020 so you know they're all from okinawa he so. plans to go over there soon uh, no, so now they're really old. So my grandparents moved to Osaka. Oh right, because that's where that's my a change of pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but they're they're there because my uncle and my okay. mom. That's where they are. Yeah. Um, so that they can take care. of Okay. Them. Um, are they still like even though they're in the hundreds? Are they still like? Yeah. They stay, they're just like Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they're not quick. No, they're, of course not. They're no. like turtles, they walk slow, but yeah. they're walking, you know, no walkers. Yeah. My my grandpa can still like there's no heart disease. I mean, he has a pacemaker, so I guess that's a heart disease. But he wow. out he outlived his first pacemaker. They put <laughs> in a pacemaker. Is there a cell bite, is there? I'm yeah, in. I think they put it in um when he was seventy five. Oh yeah. And then they said this pacemaker will last 25 years. <laughs> and so he wow. outlived it. Yeah, so yeah. they had to do a very small surgery to yeah. replace. I don't know what's the surgery about mm. to, 
either replace a battery or something like that, <laughs> or another pacemaker. Battery, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, um, but yeah, on the island, I think one interesting thing that now that I think a lot more is that community culture, and mm -hmm. I think Italians live long because they have that community yeah. culture yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so when Japanese people retire, they they don't consider that that's the end of their life. They consider that's the end of their first chapter. First chapter and yeah. after retirement is their second chapter where they consider that they're healthy enough to do whatever they want yeah. now. So they pick up a hobby or they pick up like volunteering or pick up just a low paying job that, you know, give them enjoyment. Yeah. A lot of people pick up gardening mm -hmm. as well. And after you retire, at least on Okinawa, that you actually get assigned a little kind of your little club your community <laughs> club right so you know you would join you know eight other like old ladies if you're one old lady you're joining Three. eight nine other old ladies yeah. and every morning it adds to that routine that i was describing yeah. you go for a walk you go to the market and then you go to this community hall and you meet these eight nine people you talk about your life you talk about you know what makes you smile today mm -hmm. you know what fish that was on sale <laughs> that you're eating today and then you know every day they do that and it really gives them that purpose in mm -hmm. japanese you know there's a word called ikigai that means like purpose or purpose mm -hmm. of life yeah and it's all about having that purpose having that ikigai mm -hmm. to wake up every morning yeah. to continue your life so that you don't feel like oh i wake up and i have nothing to look forward to or nothing yeah. to use my brain for they're using their brain because they gotta think about exercise you know buying food cooking food meeting their friends mm -hmm. laughing with their friends and i think all those things contributed to their longevity that really I didn't appreciate when I was younger. Yeah, I think, especially in UK, I think it's a bit different, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. I think old people get a bit lonely and it's an indoor culture. Isolated indoor culture maybe, they're not maybe as active as your Japanese grandparents mm -hmm. and they suffer. I think um, people almost fear that retirement, but it sounds like your grandparents or Japanese people love or even look forward to maybe getting to that point going, oh yeah, but now just yeah. walk to the market every day and get yes. kill some fish or yeah. do what you got to do. I think they consider, you know, retirement as, you know, the midpoint of their life. Yeah, now they yeah. have, you know, the if second so chapter yeah, yeah. when they get to hang out with friends more and, mm. you know, pick up their hobbies. And I think that does, you know, make them live longer because every day you feel like you are doing something. Yeah. Here we have this concept of, you know, retirement, right? It's like work, work, work until you're 65 and yeah. then all of a sudden it stops yeah. everything stops right no more work you don't even work an hour and then you're supposed to just spend the money that you have accumulated in your last 65 years for the rest of your life and you know your kids are out there on their own yeah. doing their own things and you're just supposed to be with each other and so it's a crazy mentality Imagine yeah <laughs> Italians do that really well too yeah, right? yeah exact same thing they have a community yeah and I think uh, maybe it's just UK and maybe North America as well we're so obsessed with working our asses off yeah. that we just lose sight of what yeah. actually life is yeah. and that's probably driven by your need for money because you've got a big mortgage or I don't know you want the next car or whatever it is yeah. or it's not even worth it and then they get to that age like oh yeah what do I do now there, there's no community yeah. aspect there's no friends no. there's so many wants created yeah. these days in mm -hmm. our society and 
you know, um, I think you live a similar thing uh, or style too, which is very minimal. Like, you know, I yeah. I live very minimally as well. Like, yeah. my closet is in big. I I have everything I need. Mm. I I don't want to create any wants because once you start that train, yeah. it's endless. It's a yeah. black hole, and then you will always be working to death for that <laughs> instead of enjoying life. Right. Especially if you've got like a, a mortgage here at Vancouver, yeah. if you want like a, a house, yeah. you are forking out, yeah. I think what is it, is it a million and a half at least for a house here? Oh yeah, oh yeah. A million and a half, I mean, a million and a half. you're going to chuck down what, 10, 20% if you can deposit, that's like 300 grand if you've got that lined about, and then you've got paid the rest of the mortgage out the rest of your life, I'm like, where the hell's... Tear, tear downs are um, over a million. <laughs> you buy a tear down and some people pay over a million for the house and they yeah. don't even look at the house because they know they're going to take this whole thing out. Yeah. It's just a crazy mentality of like, yeah, I've got to work for that, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're 110, I think you're probably talking about your experiences of yeah. life, not a... Um, the house that you've accumulated. And that's why so many people feel so trapped, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're trapped by your mortgage and then you look at, oh, I have 20 years left on my mortgage. Yeah. That means I have to work for another 20 years, Yeah. you know, before I get to enjoy my life. And then once retirement hits, you just stop working. Yeah. You stop doing all the things that like that kept you waking up every day yeah. before. So no wonder like your health, you know, goes back down yeah. because you're not really doing much anymore. No, you're and there's not no real aim, brain. is there? Yeah. No brain, brain something new to work, you probably yeah. paid your house off and you sit there going, oh yeah, that, that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That doesn't mean anything. And yeah, I think retirement is kind of an old concept, you know? It's, yes. it's more about finding what you love, finding yeah. what you enjoy doing and just do it for as long as you can. You yeah. know, if you're older, you get tired, you don't want to work five days a week mm-hmm. with, you know, um, doing the things that you enjoy, do it two days, three days a week in your 70s if you enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's where it comes into if you can do either a job or have your own business where you're generally interested in it. Yeah. I don't think you'd ever retire. You, you, you'd slow down a little bit. You'd probably do like 10, 12 yeah. hours a week in the end. But you still love it. Like you've probably got people that are running it for you, right? The whole but people who hate jobs. Exactly. And they're just trying to like get through to the next day and the next year. It's like, oh, it's like worth it. The whole reason retirement exists is that you were doing something you didn't want to do, but you <laughs> yes. had to. Had to That's do, yeah. why there's this retirement so that you don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so basically... Like, I always question, yeah. you know, why why do you do that for 45 years then? Yeah. I don't want to spend like more than half of my life doing things that I would need to retire from. I want to yeah. be doing things where, you know, I would just be happy doing it until I can't. It's like one day slavery. Like yeah, that, that, it is. That is pre- pretty much yeah, one day slavery. Prison. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't, mortgage for example, imagine having a mortgage but you're in a job you hate. You can't just go. Oh, no, I'm stop. You can't. You yeah. can't carry on because you just default the mortgage. Yeah. And payments. you have kids. You have yeah, to yeah, got all that them. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. It keeps going over my mind about what is the right approach. But so many people go down that road. But I think it's a society. Yeah. Has told you that is the the way to go. I think when we're young, like you know, having a job is a good way to you know get some money, get some experience, yeah, learn yeah. from yeah. other people, you know, build up our network or knowledge or yeah. you know just. It's like an adventure too, right? Mm-hmm. But when you feel that you have to do a job, yeah, 
at that point, I just don't think it's, you it know, really that's worth it. Yeah, that's not how you should live. And I think also, um, as I mentioned, that I think the only way to go is to do a job that you love. And I know that's hard because you probably go into, I don't know, let's say IT, for example, probably pays really well. But if you love, like, cooking, yeah, I mean, there, there is going to be discrepancy in, in pay, but you might enjoy it more and it might be beneficial later on. Exactly. Sorry. And you can do that for a long time. You will never, you know, re- retirement, like, you will never want to retire from something that you, that you enjoy. Love. Exactly, yeah. Right? You will want to do it over and over. Like, um, you know, um, Sylvia Earls, um, she was a marine biologist, mm-hmm. and she dives every day. That's her yeah. job. And she's still diving in her 70s, and yeah. she was in great shape. And she doesn't want to retire, and she will keep doing that yeah. until she can't, right? But so many people will, like, wait until it's time to do this stuff. But you're taking the head of a risk if you think you're still going to be alive at that age. Yeah. Like... Why oh, you never know. Like, you never yeah. know. Like, yeah. let's say retirement age is, God, our generation, what is it, 70 going to be when we're... Oh, like, that's... Probably. What, 35? To pay for this COVID debt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 80. Then. 80 yeah. <laughs> but that's, I think right now it's 65. 65, right? That's still 30, 35 years yeah. away. You're, you're taking that risk? I'm not. No way. No chance. No. no. There are literally insurance companies who will bet... Yeah. Money on that you won't make it to that point. Yeah, let's not talk, talk insurance. <laughs> insurance is a bloody scam. Like pensions. Yes. Pension yeah. pots are another thing that people get drawn into. And I, I understand that you get matched, but it's a hard one because you. I'd rather put my money into something like a business that I'm doing yeah. because you're hoping then to get that money that they're exactly. matching in four yeah. years' time. But there's going to be another two financial crashes by then. Who knows if they even exist, so... I really wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, I usually put in the amount that my company would match. Yeah. match. Um, or if you have a pension plan that just comes with your salary, then yeah. sure, I'll, I'll take it and I won't opt out. Yeah. It doesn't cost me anything. Mm. But outside of that, you know, so many people buy into, you know, government pension, like yeah. additional. I just think even if you put your money in stocks just buy bank of america or buy tv yeah don't buy um, a little one <laughs> yeah i'm sure like it will go up you yeah. know in and your it'll get bailed out as well yeah exactly air canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah not, not west yet yes <laughs> bit of a tangent there but i think the overall point to that yeah. is that's why we both uh travel probably as much as we can or we've yeah. got pl- uh, plans to which we'll go to now actually because yeah. you're planning to go to us but yeah just to finish off on that i think for people listening I know everyone's not interested in travel and I get it it's probably not a thing that they're interested in but if they listen to this they probably are so try and make those plans where try not to have too many wants as you call it yeah it's a Lindsay thing I've not heard it before but I like it not too many wants so therefore you have a bit of freedom to go and explore the world or people or different cultures or whatever yeah it's you know you choose between things or um, experiences Experiences. yeah Yeah. because I reckon your grandparents who are and your family what there's three of them 110 yeah. Uh, 101 and 101. my grandma's 99. 99. Yeah. I, I imagine that they don't care about the materialistic stuff of life. No. So 
Yeah. Uh, that's no. good inspiration, right? Um, yeah, at the end of the day, <laughs> they're not taking any of that stuff yeah. with them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a rat race to yeah. get most money, is it? Yeah, they, or the most bricks. Honestly, the happiest I've seen them in the last, you know, 10, 20 years that I have, you know, seen them in person is when they're with their little uh, groups yeah, of, yeah. of ladies. The ladies and, like, yeah. You know, they're, they're, coffee. their faces perk up oh. and, you know, they talk about their stories yeah. and that's what matters the most. And I remember, you know, a lot of their partners, you know, one partner typically goes before course, the other. Yeah. And for us it's actually very devastating because you know in western societies it's usually two of us and mm -hmm. then when one person goes you're so lonely and your kids will visit yeah. but you know that doesn't work as a support system like your spouse yeah and with them you know i have seen a lot of you know their spouse would pass on and then they would just you know kind of put that energy with their groups you know, yeah, yeah. community ladies and you know <laughs> So that they feel like they always have someone yeah. in their lives every day, that consistency. I think that's what I mentioned earlier. That doesn't happen in the UK. I think I think they lose their spouse and that's, that, that's it. Yeah. They're kind of relying on Same here. family like who are exactly. our age that have got you know, their own stuff going on. That's why, you know, we see a lot of like lonely like grand grandpas, yeah. grandmas and they either live alone or at a home alone. Yeah. And they don't really have that network. Mm. They don't have the friends and that's that's what I see really that I admire about mm. people in Okinawa. Well, I wonder if it's easier in places like Okinawa and maybe Italy because the climate is a bit a bit hotter. You can you can just wander down most of the year. Yeah, it's like a, a vineyard or a beach or whatever. Yeah, like longevity is a very interesting topic for me. So I actually looked up the three. Um, places on earth that has yeah. the longest life expectancy and they're all in warmer area oh, yeah. one's yeah. italy i forgot the region one is okinawa yeah. in japan and one is guanacaste region in costa rica oh okay so they're well, all yeah, tropical yeah, yeah. tropical so can't um, be coincidence maybe i need to get out yeah, of yeah. canada <laughs> well you brought us on to the next thing you are getting out of canada yes yeah um, you're off to the US to yes, do the cheeky yeah. little job and the yeah. potential school, well, university for UK friends. Uh, yes. Yeah, what's your plan? Um, yeah, so I got a job with um, this software company in San Francisco, and then I thought, you know, it would be great being in tech. Um, Silicon yeah. Valley kind yeah. of be your your goal to get into. So I thought that would give me some really good experience, good exposure, and, mm. you know, time back to travel. You know, I hope that this experience with San Francisco will open doors to many yeah. more opportunities. Um, should I want to work in London, in yeah. Singapore, in Sydney, uh, worldwide? Um, worldwide yeah. You know, I can show them that I have worked in tech in Silicon Valley. Yeah, so, yeah. you yeah. know, my experience counts mm -hmm. um, for something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so my plan is to go down. And uh, this job is 100% remote. <laughs> I actually declined a lot of jobs um, throughout the interview process if it's not remote yeah. or remote until COVID is over. I do think, you know, COVID has created this shift. Yes. I'm not saying that we have to work from home 100%. Uh, I'm not saying every profession should be working from home. You know, mm -hmm. there are professions, you know, maybe in banking, you need to meet with your clients, yeah. you want to yeah. build relationships, but at least in the technology sector that I think, you know, um, there are so many benefits if yeah. you allow employees to work remote or, you know, half remote, half um, in office. 
you can really get talent from all over the world. And like in this company I'm joining, my coworkers are in uh, one in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, yeah. two in Salt Lake City, one in Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. and two in San Francisco, one in Phoenix, one in LA. So they're just scattered all over the place, mm -hmm. but they're the best in their field that yeah. the employer can find. So why lock yourself to, you know, yeah. just talents in the Bay Area or just talents in, um, you know, LA when you can hire a bright person from Texas with the right experience, right? And also, if they're willing to sponsor, mm -hmm. that opens like, yeah, worldwide um, yeah. talent search. Right? And they do, right? They have like an office in India mm -hmm. and they all work remote yeah. and you save a lot of money by hiring like programmers in India and developers. So, you know, when I took this job, I already knew I want a life where I don't have to be locked to one place. Just like you said earlier, you know, it's, it's you know, being in an office every day, it's kind of like a prison, yeah. right? You're, yeah, you're it, it is for some people, yeah. Yes, <laughs> it is a force, yeah. you have to be there. Yeah. So for me, you know, I want to, one, find a job that I enjoy. And I, I, I'm a huge nerd when it comes to, you know, systems and mm. analytics and for tech and, you know, solving these issues is like a game to me, right? Going into the system and finding issues and solving them. It's like playing a video game of yeah. like treasure hunting. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm surprised someone's paying me to do it. <laughs> And, you know, so I, I already enjoy my job. So, you know, my second goal is to, you know, find an opportunity where I have the ability to live in different cities. So with this job, I am going down to San Francisco for the first two months. I'm going to live in San Francisco, kind of soak up the culture, mm -hmm. experience what it's like. Uh, my office is right downtown, so I can check out, you know, different things, concerts ha happening away from Tenderline <laughs> District. <laughs> if anyone's going to San Francisco, stay away from Tenderline. <laughs> it's like the Hastings of Vancouver, yes, isn't it? Yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then after two months, uh, my boyfriend and I are actually purchasing um, a house mm -hmm. in Phoenix. One is Arizona has 7% less tax, yeah. um, and then cost of living is uh, a lot lower mm. as well. The housing is a lot more reasonable. You get a nice house, uh, enough, um, you know, I don't want a big house. Mm. I just want a nice house enough because I work from home, so yeah. preferably I want an office. Yes. So I'm not working right next to my bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't need that. But, yeah. <laughs> You will end up napping yeah. <laughs> on that bed. Um, so yeah, and every house comes with a pool because you know it's a hot climate, it desert is. weather. And then my goal is to live there for six months plus one day for the tax uh, requirement. Mm -hmm. And then the the other six months is completely free. I can live in LA for a month if I want to. I can go to San Francisco for two weeks if I want to. Will you stay west or will you venture east even? I can go east. I just have to work PST, PST hours. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, my boyfriend works in the hotel industry, mm. so he travels quite a bit for work. And, you know, he's going to New York, for example, in yeah. November. So if I wanted to, I can use his mm. free hotel. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can, you know, um, you know, explore New York over the weekend. Yeah. And I can even work in New York during the week if I wanted to. Because mm -hmm. um, my work just needs me to be there. 
Yes. During the PST hours? Are they three hours? Three hours. New York would be three hours ahead. Yes, ahead. Yeah. yeah. So that's easy doable. Yeah, so I... Basically, anywhere in the US is doable. Yeah. Even Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And anywhere, you just have to get used to, you know, when in New York, it, you just get up early to do your exploring adventure, yeah. and then work starts at noon. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, and then... If you're in Hawaii, then they're a bit behind. In Hawaii, you just wake up early to yeah. do work because I think there's a few hours and finish early. I can explore and you know, diving. go to some tiki bars. Yeah. yeah, some diving, diving, yeah. and then the and tiki, tiki bar. bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the almost I'd say the dream scenario. I think that is what everyone who wants to travel wants to do. They want yeah. to have a job where it's not necessarily locked to a location. We have to go exactly. physically into an office. But I think COVID's changed. I think it's yeah. it's starting that conversation now. I think where if you've got an office job, use a tech. Like, why do you have to be physically in an office? All of your work is especially, on a especially in tech. Yeah, use tech. Yeah, yeah they can't really say no to that. Can they? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know this traffic commute, daily commute thing. I hope you know it will eventually come to an end mm. to give people that flexibility yeah. even if you're in the job that have to go to the office you know you might not need to go in every day i'm sure there are days that you can stay home doing admin work or something yeah. um it would be more productive mm. i remember my old commute it was an hour and five minutes each way so that's two hours wasted wasted on. on top of the work hours that you have to be in the yeah. office for What's your commute here to work? Well, that you just left. Here to Lingara? Yeah. Um, I would say 15 minutes. 15? Give or take. Yeah, yeah. so not That's, too bad. Yeah, not too bad, but for me it's about 40 minutes. But 40 minutes there and back. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's an hour and a half, not more. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. You just lose that. Um, yeah, you lose that time. And, and it's not ever included into your workday hours. No. So no. that's even more. Yeah, I don't... In this day and age now, after COVID, I don't see why you have to work full-time in office now. At yeah. least, the very least, part-time. Yeah, and I in. think employers need to consider, yes. you know, a mix or else they will lose talent. You know, yeah, for, for me, I had declined so many interviews because the job isn't remote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's the future. And, you know, right now when I talk about my plan, you know, living in Phoenix for six months and then wherever for the other six months and I, I um, we're keeping a one bedroom apartment in Vancouver Yeah, because we'll still come and live here you know summertime is amazing here outside of this heat wave apart from this heat yeah. Zone, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when there's 30 degrees, no yeah. heat wave, yeah. um, not 50, it's, yeah, it's amazing, you know, it's not too hot, it's yeah. very comfortable in the sun, uh, at night, it's, you know, it, it cools down, yeah, it so does. it gives you that nice balance, you've got the mountains, you can mm-hmm. go camping, you have the ocean, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, we'll, we'll always be back here, it's, you know, I grew up here, it's my home, where all my friends are. Are you looking forward to leaving though, is that, is that part of you that's looking yeah, forward to yeah, trying yeah. something new? Um, yeah, oh yeah even living somewhere new yeah for here I think Vancouver will always be a place to visit yeah. I don't know if this will be a place that I want to live full time like yeah. you said you know housing so expensive here unless you're a born millionaire sure yeah. come over here but I'm not willing to make Vancouver income to buy That's a Vancouver problem, house like you're yeah. I'd imagine that I don't know but imagine your US job is going to pay way more yeah. than what 
Vancouver can't fill. Yeah. And that's just relative and it makes to sense. our jobs. But right. it's, it's the same across any industry. Like, I don't know how people afford it here because their wages don't keep up. Yeah, like my salary that I get can actually let me live in San Francisco comfortably, mm. you know, even though the rent is 5000 4000 a month. Yeah. Um, that will, you know, but they pay you enough to make sure that you can live comfortably. In Vancouver, it's not. Vancouver isn't that much cheaper than San Francisco. It's not, no. But their salary is less than half, I would say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even counting the, the exchange rate. So, mm. you know, it's... it's um, I think eventually I see more and more people living this way. Right now, most people are still kind of more conventional. I, mm. I talk to a few friends and they're very confused, you know. You've traveled the world, so you <laughs> can understand, you know, um, why I want to live this life. Yeah, why yeah. I don't want, I'm not willing to call one place home. Yeah, that's very old school, yeah. I think. Well, is it old school? I don't know. I think the one day thinking is you wouldn't necessarily call yourself home anywhere. I don't really have a home. I have somewhere yeah. where I grew up, like yes. Norwich, where your yeah. parents met. Yeah, weird thing here, Lindsay's parents met in Norwich. Strange. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of home because I grew up there, but I've not lived there for 10 years. Yeah, really. but you can always visit, you can right? Always visit, yeah. You That will always be a place that gives you comfort. You yes. know the streets in and out, you know, yeah. they're... There might be your favorite bakery, you know, mm. just like Vancouver will always have those spots for me. But I think the world is to be explored and your yes. life is to be spent on adventures and exploring. So mm. why would I want to spend my life in one city? Exactly. When I can, there are so many, like, I won't even be able to see all the cities before I die. I so I should try. Yeah. I should try as early as I can. So when I talk to some friends, you know, they get confused, you know, they're they're kind of like, oh, but but where where would be your home? Where would be your home base? And, and you know, that's that's the point, yeah. right? I think, um, I do believe the best way to explore a city is to live in it. Yes. Even just, you know, for a few weeks. For a few weeks or a month, few months. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think that's enough. Um, if you can not know where you're going to be in five years' time, I find that pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people that we know probably could tell you exactly what they're doing in five exactly, years' time, and that scares yeah. me. Um, I the have no idea there. when it would be. Yeah. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> but that's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, you're yeah. like, oh, anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nothing's off the cards if they let us in. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad you're making that push. I think that hopefully that will inspire people to really think about if they can do their job remotely or even push the boundaries of their own industry. I think there are more and more people opening up to that idea or opening their eyes to mm. this possibility. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, ha having a kid wasn't really, not having a kid wasn't really an option years ago, mm. right, back then. But now it's, oh, you can choose. So I think this lifestyle will become just like that in, yeah. in the near future too. Um, you know, like you said, a lot of my friends where they live now will be their home five, yes. ten years from now. But because have they got kids? They have kids. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't... you know, they're sticking around for the school district. <laughs> yes. You know, because they know the neighborhood. They know yeah. exactly which school. Some of them already put their kid on the wait list. Yeah. Because you have to wait a year. So, and that's why, you know, we're on the fence about 
kids. Mm. I don't want to have a kid until you know I'm ready. Mm. And right now I'm not because clearly I, I can't even call a place home. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> at least you don't feel like you have that pressure to have one. No. A lot of people no. do. Like, oh, I've got to have a boy for eight, but that's young, isn't it? But yeah, I don't think that's a. It's not. I won't say it's. It, it is accepted. It's still. I'm not say frowned upon, but it's still questioned. I think. If you were to go like, especially a female, oh, yes, no, I'm not having yeah. a kid. Oh, really? Like, I think you still get that sort of surprise, but it's it's changing slowly. I think it's changing for sure. Um, yeah. I noticed that mentality shift, and you know, the younger generation now too. Mm. I think they are getting you know more open minded to everything. You know, yeah. not having kids, sexual orientation, yeah. just anything, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. For our generation, as open as we think we are, I think. You know, I've had men arguing with me on why I should have kids. Oh wow! How I will regret <laughs> it if I don't have kids. And you know, they're just the same age as me, and yeah. they're saying, you know, I grew up with siblings. You will regret it. You know, um, I have a young kid. You know, being a parent is the best feeling ever. And for me, it's just you know, it's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's the best feeling for you, but the best feeling for me. Might be not knowing where I would be a yeah, year yeah. from now. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think if a, if a guy keeps telling you that, I think yeah, tend to do one. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was what like you unless you have the organ to produce a yeah. kid, you should not be having this no. conversation with me. But you know, there are some traditional men and women <laughs> out there that yeah. you know have said to me, you know, the clock's ticking. You don't yeah. want it now, but you will want it later. It will be too late. Or men will say that you know. How would you know? You know, your life is to experience mm. motherhood. Why would you want to experience you know big cities <laughs> instead of experiencing motherhood? And for me, it's just you know you're entitled to your opinion. Yes, yeah. I am to my a traditional. I, I keep hearing this word. I'm like, does that just basically mean old school? Like, yeah, traditional means old school. Like. It's not progressive. It's the opposite of progressive. So, oh, I want a traditional family. Oh, you're kind of stuck in your ways, eh? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's how things were done. Were done, yeah. yeah not necessarily before. how they should be done or yeah. in the modern day. But, yeah, it's a great conversation. Now, I've got some uh, travel questions yes. that I need to ask yes. you that I don't have to hand, so I'll have to try and memorise them. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's travel question time. Um... What has been your favourite beach that you've been to? As a diver, I can imagine you've got yes. a few options here. Uh, I would say it's called Nudie Beach, and I can explain. <laughs> yeah. It's called Nudie Beach Where's on <laughs> Fitzroy Island okay, yeah. um, at the Great Barrier Reef, the yeah. island that I was telling you. So it's a reef island, but at one corner of the island, they have this white sand beach. It's yeah. the softest sand I've um, ever been on, and everything, like the scenery... Um, the water, everything's clear, and the water Great. is so light because the water is reflected of white reef. Mm. So there's no yellow sand. So oh. it's 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 amazing, and uh, the waves cool, aren't yeah. too strong, so you can yeah. go for a swim. And the water is warm, comfortable, no sharks, no whales because of the water temperature. Sure. So you yeah. know it's safe. Yeah. Um, so and and what I said I would explain. So nudie beach actually does not allow uh, uh, topless tanning or anything topless. <laughs> so they have a sign that welcome to nudie beach. Keep clothes on. 
Yeah, it's like <laughs> nudity not allowed. <laughs> weird that it's not allowed in a place that's probably not got many people on yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. there weren't a lot of people i think that's that's the best beach i've been to perfect sand um perfect water okay. for swim dive snorkel you yeah. can do anything okay next question your favorite um cuisine that you've experienced oh this is this is hard it always is yeah it is <laughs> um I think I have to say when I went to Greece when I was a kid, uh, we went to Centralini and we went to this traditional Greek restaurant and I think what I liked is their approach. Uh, we had tons of people waiting outside. They just came out with trays of wine and oh. trays of uh, finger foods for oh, yeah. the little kids that yeah. are waiting and I was one of the little kids. And I just remembered that I haven't really had that experience anywhere okay. else. And then the food was fresh, amazing. I'm yeah. pretty sure they're connected to this fishing boat at the bottom yeah. of the dock. And then they um, have uh, people, some, uh, someone transporting the fresh uh, <laughs> fish and just vegetables, yeah. everything up. So I would say uh, probably Greek, Greek food. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite uh, type of coffee? Do you drink coffee? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I used to drink a lot of coffee. And um, what's your yeah. favorite like country or maybe maybe city's coffee that you think oh, is great there? So I actually like blonde roast because I actually know it's the strongest to coffee. Okay. Um, for me, I'm not a coffee snob at okay. all. Yeah. But I would say the best coffee I have had was actually in Melbourne. Oh yeah, it's they a have a big, place. big culture and Huge some cafes. Mm. You know, they don't they don't do drip coffee. Don't even try to oh, ask no. them. Such an insult. Yeah, yeah. Um, they might throw you an americano yeah. if you ask nicely, but they want you out of the store right away. <laughs> Very true. Very snobbish. But um, espresso based. Yeah. Um, drinks. Um, I think I I like I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the favorite like landmark you've seen? Um, yeah. Does that include uh, nature? Yeah. Uh, the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, of course. Right you might over. Yeah. yeah, right over it. Uh, okay. What's the best high adrenaline activity you've taken part in? Have you been traveling abroad? Oh. I guess I, wouldn't diving be high adrenaline? Or is it not? Is it a bit more serene than that? It's yeah. It's more serene yeah. than high adrenaline. Um. Trying to think. High adrenaline. You done a skydive? No, no, no. I have never skydived. I've never bungee jumped. Okay. Um. So I don't know if I even did anything that's high. Maybe we can call that activity. Adrenaline. I guess that'd be diving. I suppose. But yeah. yeah. Um. Activity-wise, I'm actually gonna say um the bridge climb. In oh, Sydney. in the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, still um, it's it's not high adrenaline, but my heart was pumping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think once you're about a third way up, that's when you really question your decision, but yes. you can't really go down. Yeah, down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the your favorite country that you, if you choose one, that you travelled to so far? Oh. Um, 
Mauritius. Oh, you did Mauritius? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I went there for a wedding. Wow. Who are your friends? Destination <laughs> wedding. Uh, they are South African. Oh, okay, just across the border. It was long. I think I flew to like... Oh, it must be like the other side of the world. I flew yeah. to Munich and then yeah. Munich to Johannesburg and yeah. then Johannesburg to Madagascar and then we took a yeah. boat to Mauritius. Uh, pretty nice beaches, I imagine. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I think it's the locals. I really love mm -hmm. the locals. Um, it's a very... I think they're chill, you know. Um, the Caribbean islands, they're so used to tourists. Yes. So, you know, it's still very lively, but they're not uh, as, as surprised to see you. And so mm. in Mauritius, we felt like such, you know, <laughs> VIPs are just special and they're yeah, very yeah. hospitable. They're warm and um, they're just great people. And obviously the whole country is beautiful. I think. Yeah, never been. Love to go. And the Maldives as well down there. Um, and if someone is thinking about traveling, but you know, a little bit stuck or can't quite make that leap, what can you tell them for a reason that they should go? Should go? Um, oh, you, you definitely grow. You become a way better person mm. by just knowing and getting to know the world out there besides where you are. You know, you don't really realize that you're in a bubble until you get out of it. Yeah. And I think that was what I learned early on traveling by myself that, you know, after seeing Cuba, you know, Cuba mm -hmm. was one of my favorite places as well. Yeah. Um, a little bit disorganized <laughs> compared to Mauritius. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the people are amazing. And I think that experience when I went to Cuba was when I realized and was when I actually changed the lifestyle to get rid of a lot of things mm -hmm. and to not create wants is because after I went to Cuba, I realized how happy they are yeah. with how little they have. They don't even have stores to buy things. Mm -hmm. They've never even seen like Maybelline. They, they've never even had the choice to be able to choose be between different lipsticks and yeah. anything. And yet, you know, one thing that struck a chord with me was this older Cuban guy he said, you know, you guys in North America, you have big malls, you have your tassels, you have so many <laughs> fancy things that you got to do and see and buy. Yeah. And he said, we don't have any of that here. So guess what we do? We work and then we go home. We take a siesta. We go back to work yeah. and then we come home and then I kiss my wife and then I dance with my kids every night. And... It's just this pure joy on his face mm. that makes me realize, you know, why someone like me who can buy anything, you know, in Vancouver, who can travel to any point of the yeah. world, be any less happier mm. than this guy who yeah, has yeah. nothing and yet he's enjoying his life to the maximum. Yeah. So traveling will change how, you know, you see life how you should live your life mm -hmm. um the world views and everything so yeah, yeah. okay that's great um i normally finish on a travel quote but i haven't got one have you got one travel what a, a quote of any kind that you live by or you think um, oh yes i i do have one actually i saw it on on someone's wall in the philippines um it was oh we escape oh shoot something um 
I'm blanking out. Oh, we travel not to escape life, so that life does not escape us. Mm. I think I've read that somewhere recently. It's it's. I think it's a pretty common quote. Yeah. But it just you know it it happened when I was traveling and. You know, I thought that was really accurate. You know,、yeah. people are always saying, you know, if we just work hard, work hard, we'll get two weeks at the end of the year around Christmas. <laughs> we'll get to go out. We'll go to Mexico for、yeah. two weeks. All inclusive. And we'll all inclusive. <laughs> we'll go to the buffet every day, and we'll sit <laughs> by the beach for two weeks, and we'll get to escape. You know, this cold or escape work or escape the kids or escape anything. What's escaping? Stop escaping. Yeah. <laughs> And and so for me, it's like it's the opposite. It's you know you travel so that you're not wasting、mm. your life. Yeah, I've got um, not it's not really a quote, but um, there's a well-known footballer in UK called、yeah. Gary Neville,、uh-huh. and he's a bit. Some people like him, some people don't. But on his little Twitter profile,、um, he has one simple sentence, and it's called "Attack the Day." And yeah, he I don't he's he's not a traveller like he's very much in business, but I think that can translate to traveling, where you know, if you've got a plan to go, and you need to stick to the plan, and you should attack the day for that plan, because、um, we know we can't travel now because of COVID, right?、Yeah. But at least you can make provisions now, maybe for I don't know this time next year or a bit earlier、yeah. next year that you can go, and accept that from now until then you do as much as you can to get to that point. So yeah, I think attack the day、yeah. is a pretty good one. Like, yeah, try and make use of it because it's the last one you're going to have at this at this date. So, something like that might be my quote this week. A bit、yeah. basic, but no, that's that's a really good one. I I think before I always made sure you know after each trip I start planning for my next. Yes. You know, however many months it may be until、mm. next trip, but you know it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to plan for. Yes. Um, and I just love that feeling of you know when you're waiting for your trip to happen, not just、yeah. having the trip, but just you know planning for your trip and you know、mm. looking at all these things. I think what I love about traveling is actually seeing things on photos and to actually be there yourself. It's such a surreal、yeah. feeling that you know I was looking at this on my phone or on my computer, you know. Twenty-four hours ago, and then、mm. here I am. I'm standing like right on top of it. Yeah. So I, I used to have, as you know, when you before you left work. But、um, one of my background photos was the Cook Islands. Yeah. And it's like an idyllic beach. No one's there. But a lot of people were mistaking that just for a Google photo. But like, no, no, that's not. That's actually my photo. Like, <laughs> I was there. And、it's too nice. It's too nice, yeah. And I've almost forgotten what it was like even to be there. Yeah. But at least I have that memory of that photo. But I kind of feel like I need to go back to experience it again. One of my photo was the Great Barrier Reef from、yeah. the helicopter ride.、Oh, yeah. It's just a blue background, and then with the reef right、mm. in the middle. No one even asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. This is interesting. Yeah. Like, there's. I love those.、Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like we see, like what Sunday was that experience、yes. for me? You know, you see it all in photos, and then for you to be there、mm. was just incredible. Yeah, to see it that white space swirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. classic. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, Lindsay. That's great.、Um, a lot of topics covered there. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I think we covered even a bit of life topics, even、yeah. travel, but yeah, yeah travel and life. I think they're they they, they intertwine. Yeah,、right? um, they're not separate. So yeah, thanks for coming on. 
yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, I think it's a uh, yeah, a lot of people come on the show and like yeah, and enjoy talking about their travels. I guess it's almost like it takes you back, doesn't it? It's yeah, like, oh, it does. Do that, it does. I think especially after COVID. Yes, people of course. Really people were itching now. Yeah. Yeah, but not in this heat though, because fifty degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've now got to leave your aircon yeah. going out. Into I it. think it's getting better after tomorrow. Yes. I think this heat dome is going to slowly. Heat dome. Yeah, so it's going to be heat dome. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank catch you. you later. See ya. Yes. Thank you for listening to my Wing and Neck podcast today. You can check out my website, jameshammond.org, for all the links to all the platforms for your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify. There's a contact form on the homepage for you to get in contact with anything you want me to discuss to do with travelling. Don't forget to check out my Instagram page, James Hammond Travel, where I post daily about my last 10 years of travelling, travelling, and more travelling. Finally, please rate the podcast. I really appreciate it if you can rate it, leave some comments, and I'd love to read them. Stay safe, happy listening, happy reading, and be inspired. <laughs>